industry leaders from various business verticals and understand their approach towards marketing and growth. We'll be focusing on key aspects like customer acquisition, retention, engagement, personalization, among others, and provide key insights to our community of marketers and product owners. This is your opportunity to learn and emulate these learnings in your campaigns and marketing initiatives to churn exceptional results. Welcome back to More Engaged Podcast. I'm your host, Rajeshi, and this episode has been brought to you in collaboration with AppFollow. AppFollow is an all-in-one service for mobile marketing, user acquisition, and customer support, which enables you to track your downloads, boost organic visibility, and manage customer feedback in one place. Check out the platform to fix all of your ASO problems and boost your app ratings and rankings. This episode is second in a series of ASO Spotlight with AppFollow and More Engage. And today we are going to discuss one of the hottest topics in ASO right now, that is review management. Joining us today in our discussion is Vera, Head of Product at AppFollow. Welcome to the podcast, Vera. How are you doing? Hi, guys. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, excited to talk about app management and reviews management. Awesome. Uh, Vera, much has been discussed about text and graphic optimization and their role in organic user acquisition. But review management as a strategy has, hasn't been explored a lot. Uh, so in this session, I want to speak to you about a robust and efficient review management system. How do you go around building it and how it can be leveraged uh, for scaling app growth? But before we talk about um, all of this and get into the brass tacks, I just wanted to discuss a few things with you first. Uh, um, there's something that we do on our podcast, which is, you know, um, asking our speakers uh, about a few things which which might add value to the listeners and which might add value or, you know, um, add some sort of inspirational moments to their uh, to their career or to their day to day activities. Right. Uh, so the first one is obviously, have you picked up any productivity hack during this quarantine, uh, during this time of lockdown where, uh, where most of us have been working from home? Is there something that you have picked up which you have carried with you in 2021 um, in terms of productivity hacks or in terms of any such hobbies uh, related to either your uh, professional career or personal life, anything of that sort? Well, I definitely became so much better at planning because now when your office and your home are so much closer, so you treat it differently. Uh, an interesting hack I learned is that uh, I don't uh, now plan more than four meetings per day because otherwise the balance is not right. And yeah, and definitely I'm planning, you know, my work time as much as I'm planning my leisure time. And I think this is a hack I'll be carrying with myself going forwards because, well, it turns out leisure and productive leisure as well, things that bring you joy, they don't come naturally. You also have to work for it and set your time and don't let, you know, your work and your uh, off, off time, uh, you know, mix. So, yeah, I just definitely became more conscious about what I'm doing with my time and how I manage it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, Vera, we have known each other for quite some time and, you know, um, we at Mo Engage have been very, uh, very, very, had a very good relationship with AppFollow. And uh, so just wanted to know, like, for people who don't know you well and for our listeners tuning in today, could you just give a brief introduction about your background, uh, your job role at AppFollow and any interesting use case that you might have uh, solved across your career so far? Great. Well, I'll be happy to share. So my name is Vera Rapkina. I'm head of product at AppFollow. I joined the company like a year and a half ago as a product manager and grew in this leadership career. So at this point, I'm in charge of everything Apple launches and, you know, making sure our customers get what they need and their problems are being solved properly. 
Uh, before that, I worked a lot on mobile apps uh, at Gizmart. So this is a London-based company focusing on casual and hyper-casual uh, gaming uh, with a special focus on user gaming. So I did it for two and a half years and launched a huge amount of apps uh, and, you know, music apps, uh, lifestyle apps, education apps, right? And this is probably where my passion for mobile market comes from. Right. And before that, I also did a number of, you know, mobile apps and e-commerce and productive and web services, so a large amount of different stuff. Uh, yeah. So this is a quick, you know, overview of my career and in terms of what I'm happy about. So in terms of, for example, we talk about app follow. So around all projects I launched, the one I'm most uh, happy about is uh, automation for reviews. We call it auto replies. And the reason for that is that I probably just have a very huge passion for automating and optimizing things. Uh, but right. well, the essence of it is that you can create auto rules with uh, using keywords, app rating, translation, language, uh, semantic tags, and large amount of different other parameters. And then you can set the rules of auto reply so that your support team can focus on more challenging reviews and can generally cope with the volume. And the reason why it gives me joy is that I really feel like with this tool, I help people to focus on more creative part of the job and let routine to be done by, you know, robots uh, and like automation of this specific thing. Awesome, awesome. The very interesting insights there, Veda. Um, so let's begin the session with the very obvious question, which is how important is having a review management strategy and how does it exactly affect uh, uh, different metrics like, you know, customer acquisition costs and lifetime value and all of that sort? Well, I'd say it is very important. And it's surprising to me that not all companies are still using app review management to their advantage. Basically, uh, for any business, uh, there is, and especially for mobile business, there are two major metrics that define how profitable any business is. So this is customer acquisition cost, we call it CAC rate, and lifetime value, LTV. So app rating is the, one of those rare metrics that with proper management affect both, uh, both of them, right? So let's see uh, how it happens. So first comes customer acquisition cost. So basically how much money you have to spend for a user to install your app. Uh, well, and this is very interesting. Uh, multiple experiments have proven that the higher your app rating is, uh, the higher conversion rate to install would be. And this way, the lower customer acquisition cost would be for your app. So basically, the higher app rating, the more money you will have as a bunch of profits. And I'd like to bring here an experiment that Platica has conducted. Platica is an Israel-based company that specializes in casino-style games, mobile games, and online games. So this is a very large company with a huge experience and very, I think, bright people there. So what they did, they did an experiment. They had a number of apps, but one of the apps, it didn't have any reply to reviews. So, mm -hmm. and they agreed, like, we do an experiment. We don't do any other stuff. We don't affect our, you know, creatives, descriptions, nothing. They just, this is for experiment. So they took this app and uh, there are no reviews replied. They started replying to 70% of all reviews there are that have from one to four star rating. And as a result, they saw uh, a growth in conversion rate to install by 15% in just a couple of months. 
So basically, they proved that if you reply to reviews and if you increase the rating of your app, you will have higher conversion rating style. Yeah. And at AppFollow, uh, we did another research. We're also very fond of experiments and doing research. So we analyzed the top charts, top 100 for both App Store and Google Play. And what we noticed is that 82% of App Store uh, top 100 and 93 of Google Play top 100 have rating four higher. And almost half of those are 4.5 or higher rating, which shows that basically if you want to be a top player on the market, doesn't matter what genre you are, uh, what you know, industry it is, you have to have a high rating. If you don't satisfy your users, you have very little chances to succeed. And also tie this to customer acquisition costs because it costs you more to acquire users and you cannot acquire them in volume. And another insight we got is that the higher average rating is your app rating. So the higher chances to be in the top and get featured. And by getting featured, this opens you a way to get more organic users, which again, totally affects the customer acquisition cost because they're free and they still you bring you LTV rate. So all this shows uh, how by working with reviews, uh, you can see uh, you can save money on user acquisition, both paid and organic, which directly affects the profit of your app. Besides, rating affects LTV, lifetime value, uh, but I think we're gonna talk about this very soon, just a bit later. Awesome. I think uh, the, the, the whole you know, perspective in terms of uh, how having a good rating and having good reviews um, affects on um, affects user acquisition as well as the customer acquisition cost is like, uh, um, is, is really well explained in the points that you just mentioned, along with the few use cases of like Platica and also uh, the research that you guys have conducted at, uh, you know, on a, on a level of App Store and Google Play. Uh, so brilliant insights that I'm sure our community of marketers and product owners would really, really benefit from that. Um, so moving on where I think uh, last time we discussed with one of your colleagues, Ilya, um, in terms of, you know, um, the, the, the impact of uh, reviews on a brand's, uh, on, on a brand's perception as well as a brand's uh, uh, memory or the kind of perception in in, in users head um, so one of the things that i think we discussed then was more about graphic and text optimization but here what i wanted to discuss is more from the revenue or the the, the review side of things right uh, so in your opinion what is the role of bad reviews on a brand's perception and in, in turn on the revenue stream right um, because we we always notice that uh, and even in the examples that you have just given uh, a while back um, they do have a significant impact on the user acquisition cost as well as the life cycle, right? Uh, so what are some disadvantages brands can face if poor reviews aren't addressed properly? Great. So, uh, well, generally talking about reviews, what we need to understand is this is like a front page of a magazine. This is a front page of your app in App Store or Google Play. So there is no user who installed your app without checking this page. So every single user who installed your app They've been on this page and they've seen the reviews, right? So obviously this is something associated with brand, associated how user perceive you and how much they trust you. But what, again, I want to tell you is that bad reviews are not that bad because while if you work with them properly, you can do it to your advantage and generally have a bad have, having bad reviews or a number of bad reviews, not all of them, but just some of them is good for you because they add credibility. And, you know, when you stand up and everything is like five-star, very positive. But what we know, there's like a psychological fact that, well, maybe they're not true. 
if some of them are like four star, three star, there's some stuff, not critical, but no hate, but generally like not very good review, this is good for you. You want to keep those, right? But again, you need to work with them as well. Another thing, bad reviews, I feel as a product manager, uh, you know, working with shaping the product is good is because they showing actual users problems, right? And this is important. This is a source for product gaps and product insights. And the reason I like, uh, you know, reviews so much, and maybe this is why part of my career is focused on that, is like any millennial dream. You can talk to hundreds of people in just minutes without actually having to pick up the phone like and talking to them. You can actually read and get insights and you can do it with your users. And what I like most, you can do it with other companies' users, uh, which is very hard to do in you know, real life and getting them. And this takes a huge amount of effort, right? And another thing that happens, and I'm glad that you know, it's not just me understanding this, is there are more tools for that, and uh, like semantic analysis. So now we're using ML for that, machine learning, which can you know, tag those reviews, analyze them for it, and then just filter and check. I want to know everything about bugs or I want to know everything about feature requests, or I want to know anything about app crash or monetization, or mm -hmm. an, I don't know, levels, or any anybody who complains about complexity of the app. So basically semantic analysis is that, like you have a junior product manager that read everything in every language, sorted it for you, like basically gives you, you know, a much better guidelines how to work with this. And this makes it so much easier, so much faster. And I feel like, Everyone who works in mobile markets would really should do this, and any product manager should this should be like a part of their routine. But of course, it's important to understand that you need not only to listen but also to reply back because this will make your brand look more humane. It adds a touch that there are other people, like real people, on the other side, you know, of this interface. Uh, but an interesting here thing is, it's not like a branding only like a PR thing, which is definitely is, and this is like the major reason to apply to that, but also a way to increase the retention rates. And I think if there are any product managers out there listening to the podcast, they know how hard it is to manage retention rate. This is one of the hardest product metrics there is because they're so tricky to manage. And by replying to reviews, by actually like helping users with their problems, you actually like Managing it, we did another research at AppFollow and it showed that users that have been helped by customer support have 40% higher retention rates than those who didn't get any help. And retention rate is one of the key factors for LTV and profit as a result. So basically this is where coming to, you know, reviews being an, a metric or rating being a metric that by managing it and focusing on it, you managing like both sides of the candle, if I can put it this way. So you're increasing lifetime value and decreasing customer acquisition cost. Absolutely. So I think completely agree there in terms of, you know, having some sort of uh, reviews, which are not exactly bad reviews, but like you mentioned, like 3.5 star or four stars um, would, would make um, the, the app or the brand itself much more credible um, than 
having all five star reviews so absolutely makes sense and the numbers that you mentioned like speak for themselves um so now that we have discussed about the impact of uh, reviews on uh, on on customer acquisition cost on lifetime value on revenue and profits let's talk about uh, building a metrics led review management strategy so this is something that you have done or you have experience building so how do you go about you know creating a strategy for each stage of your app development great so what i before we start you know going with every stage of it uh, an important thing i would like everyone to have an important idea like everyone to listen to is that every app is different because audiences differ and gaming apps and people in gaming your gaming audience is very much different than bank for example bank app right so gamers are more impulsive bank are more crucial to reply to because there's like real money issues they're like a serious serious guys and serious business even if the same person they trade it differently like we trade you know in real life the products and institutions differently so what we expect for example from a cafe we don't expect from bank or taxi service and this is absolutely the same for app management right so uh, this is about the balance of your resources and experiments and figuring out what what strategy what reviews to manage right how to reply to them work specifically for your type of app for your type of monetization and for you know generally your strategy how aggressive it is it all affects things so uh, be ready if you're building a reply to your strategy be ready to go through a, a number of experiments there is no like one fit solution here right and well i think where you can start from is just basically go and reply to reviews and see what happens right uh, and i i'd say like no matter how bad you are this you probably would this probably would increase your average rating right and then you start from something and then you experiment and see how what can you can you do better to increase the rating even even more. Right. So I would like to bring the case of uh, one of our customers Car Games. So they managed to increase their say they into they have a gaming app, right? Gaming industry. So mm-hmm. they increased their rating to 4.8 which is enormous amount in just a year. This is a very great result for gaming especially. And uh, more interesting thing here is that average reply fact they had is 1.5 stars so basically the fact after their reply an average user after seeing reply from kakao games they like okay they really helped us and on average they increased rating for example from 3 to 4.5 at least so it's 3 or 4 but on average is 1. this is an amazing result and this shows how to if you work it properly if you don't do it properly you can definitely affect the rating and get such amazing results as Kakao games right a few hints where to start from what to look at so if you have limited amount of resources and you probably do so first thing you want to do is to reply to featured reviews so this is those reviews that are top 6 top 9 on google play or um, app store page so they're the reason why is because they're most visible they're displayed to every single user so you definitely want them to be covered because this affects the conversion rate and when a user a new user goes to the page he sees like well there's a very diligent people they're attentive to their users they value their feedback they reply to it so you want always no matter how few resources you have if if you don't have a support team at all 
you want to have your featured reviews replies. It would don't take that much amount of time, but this definitely makes an impact. Great. Another thing uh, I feel very important are updated reviews. So what is an updated review? This is a case, well, and well, what we need to understand generally from a biomarket that thing with reviews is a little bit different than for any other support companies for web, for example, because the thing you have to communicate with your clients and for your clients to communicate with you is there's just one single window, they post their review. And if they have more information or no matter how much time passed, if it's like a year later, it's still they have to go and check their review and update it. So you definitely want to get and check for those guys who already left you a review because this is your core audience, they're most motivated to do this, right? So they definitely have an attachment, positive or negative with uh, your app. And then for some reason, they took extra effort and updated this. So this is your core audience, you definitely want to keep it. And they're definitely a sign that something happening. Either, either you uh, created an amazing feature, you want to know about this, or otherwise you have a, some kind of bug or some kind of situation. They're so unhappy that they added more information. These are the most valuable to study. And this is also core audience. So you, you want them to have this feeling that they are heard. Great. Another thing uh, is the next thing are negative reviews, right? And here we can break it into two categories. So one of those with negative rating, which is basically one and two stars. So those users are in pain and you definitely want to, to you know, uh, put extra effort to retain them. And this, well, because, you know, customer acquisition cost is important and by retaining right. them, you basically save you money yourself, right? And, but another thing, okay, it can be rating, but there's also a very interesting pattern when users feel that they, maybe they like feel that you're not helping them enough. So they would put five-star rating because they think you read only five stars because you're so full of vanity or something, I don't know, but this is like a common pattern and they would write you about their problems. So, because, uh, you know, they feel like maybe you want to read only five stars and you just ignore all neg negativity. So this is the way they find to live themselves into your world as an app developer. So this is why it's important not only check the rating, but also to check the sentiments and sentiment is another thing about semantic analysis. We talked today about machine learning. Okay. So today, machine learning, they target into positive sentiment, negative sentiment mixed. So you basically want to check both reviews that have one, two stars for regular users and those reviews that have negative sentiment because those users are might be in bigger pain and they're seeking your attention, but in very weird way. Right, and again, uh, well, the world of any customer support team is that like we never have enough resources. So uh, if you struggle with this, uh, uh, figure out what your top markets are. If you, for example, major markets are United States, United Kingdom, I don't know, Germany, then go and reply to these reviews first and go, then go back to others. If your major market is China, go there, check that market, right? So it's okay to segment if you struggle with resources, if this is totally fine. So go by markets that uh, are most important for your company. Another strategy, so we talked about how to reply to reviews, but the interesting thing here is that the not all reviews need to be replied. There is still a number of things that violate. So this is usually very aggressive and very offensive reviews. They violate mm -hmm. the policy of stores. Right. And it can be a spam review, which is basically not a real review, but users trying to get it. You not users even, but 
like some some guys who do the spam spam thing, right? But uh, other thing is like people being extremely aggressive and offensive, and you don't you can reply to them as well if you have resources, but you can also submit a concern. And both Google Play and App Store this have this report a concern policy, and they say like if it's offensive, if it can, um, contains foul language, if it's very very aggressive tone you can get rid of those reviews, of those negative reviews with one star that, you know, sinking down your average review rating. Um, well, we automate it, it's a dev follows, you can generally, don't have to do it manually, you can do it like automatically. Uh, we have another case of Viber, which is, a, you know, pretty large messenger app. Right, so right. what they did, uh, they just, uh, I think uh, in a couple of months again, one or two months, they reported as concern more than 1,000 reviews, and 60% of those uh, were deleted by stores. And this amazing result, so they basically got rid of 600 one-star reviews, and you can understand how effective this was for their app rating. And final, final advice here is, so as so you started to report reviews, then you got rid of negative ones, you already have certain amount, but you still feel like you can, if you st still struggle with the volume, uh, it's okay to automate things. And I think we talked about this, you know, in the beginning, and this, I think I'm very proud of, and I feel like, you know, there are cases where humans are better at complicated cases, and this is what we are for. We should talk to people who, you know, have troubles with navigating stuff, but still cases that are where robots are better. So you basically can automate a large amount of thank you notes, rerouting, so, you know, if you have a certain bug and there is a walkaround, uh, this is a very common case. Uh, you don't have to, to wait long till the, you know, human find this list and that finds and just copy paste the text. We don't have to do this to our support team and we don't have to, you know, make our users wait. Instead, you can, you know, adjust an auto reply tool and it would know that if there's a keywords, then they post this template with the same information and with your customer support being happy, you know, with more challenging tasks. And another thing there is, so, you know, a number of companies have this concern that, okay, well, they will know we reply via templates. And yeah, this is a totally valid concern. So what we did is we introduced this feature called random, uh, random reply from folder, where you mm -hmm. can create like 20 templates of a similar topic with different wording. And then when automation is applied, it's like every time it's a random template. So it doesn't look robotic at all. And users get so much quicker feedback rate, quicker reply to their issue. And customer support team is not overloaded anymore. And uh, the case we have is Bitmango. So this is Korean based casual gaming uh, company. So they introduced auto replies and in just a week, they increased their reply rates more than two times so it just like very quickly and the best thing about it is is not only recruits the priority so basically they help bigger amount of companies but they also managed to increase the average rating in just a week and you know average rating is not that quick you know uh metrics to manage takes time to you know increase in like months couple months right but since they have so big amount of, comp of their customers so quickly so they were much more you know inclined to change the rating. And this is like amazing thing. And this is very good for your support team. Right.
I think uh, most of the points that you mentioned, you know, in terms of replying to reviews and reporting some of the negative reviews, and obviously that automation angle kind of uh, gives a very good idea about you know what are the different stages involved in actually creating a metrics-led review management strategy. So this should be really really helpful to people who are trying to figure out you know how to uh, how to implement or how to integrate a review management strategy into their app development different stages. So that kind of makes perfect sense, uh, Devera. Um, so you know now that we have discussed about the different stages uh, and and also the impact of review management uh, how do you actually evaluate the efficiency of your review management strategy say for example if you have uh, created a review management strategy you have put everything in place you have make sure that you know there's some sort of automation going on you're reporting negative reviews you're replying to uh, most of the reviews in terms of like obviously differing priorities like featured first and then updated negative sentiment all of that and then like once you have all of that in place how do you evaluate whether your review management strategy is efficient enough can you provide some insights into how a brand can set and track the impact of review management system on its business either directly or indirectly um, so it would be great if you could just include some real world use cases and examples as well just to better illustrate your point Great. Well, this is a great question because I think that there is no strategy without actual metrics because otherwise it's like you go in somewhere in the North Pole without any compass, without any map, you're just doing yeah. something, you're going in certain direction and you have no idea where would you go finally, are you making any progress, are you just doing the right thing, are you going to achieve anything. So uh, in my world, like at Apple, we're very much metric driven. And I think like it's similar to product strategy and you know customer support strategy or what you call it review strategy is no different. So, okay, so I'll share you. And yeah, interesting thing here is that when we have a, a large amount of our clients, we talk to them and it looks like they're still, they haven't agreed upon, upon those metrics with themselves. So they differ and they kind of try to invent them a certain way. So we're happy to share our vision and hopefully they would find it helpful and united. So the major metric we suggest that you guys calculate, and I think this is basically the essence of it. It's called reply effect. This is the way we call it. So uh, I already talked a little bit about it in the car games case, but what is the essence of it? So basically when you uh, have a review from a user, you reply to it, right? And then the user checks and if his case was solved or you helped him or he's not that uh, you know, disappointed anymore and not so sad. So he would update the, rate, uh, the review and update the rating. And this is what you're hunting for because as when he updates the rating, he updates the average rating of your app basically, right? It depends the way average rating calculates on the store. So it's a little bit different scheme in terms of Google Play and App Store. App Store takes like all history with certain, you know, uh, examples from sometimes it ignores certain things for some reason we don't know why right google play takes an, a large amount of like latest reviews but still like this average rating this those stars are displayed next to your you know app everywhere on the listing where you compete with our with other applications or on the your page in the app store google play so this is what you want to affect you want this number to be high right and generally, there are like very few ways to affect it. It's not like you have you can do anything with this. Either you can solve all issues on in your app ever, which is right. great, and you definitely should do that. But this is like a very 
you know, hot challenge. It's not like you can fix everything just with one button, right? Uh, or otherwise, if you still like nothing is perfect, so you go to reviews and you help them via reviews. And reviews is like very manageable, very easy to understand thing. So by calculating reply uh, effects, so basically, are they changing their rating? You can, it's a certain way to calculate like NPS of your support team, right? Or not NPS, but uh, CSAT, right? So how they're satisfied with your support team to us, right? So you want to calculate reply effect. You want to check why, uh, why they're updating the review, are they updating it? So if they updated it to the positive thing, your customer support team is definitely helpful and think this should be like the key metric for customer support team success, right? Okay. Uh, and interesting thing here is like, even if you don't have a strategy yet, you can check what happens when you don't, re don't reply to that. So uh, what we provide in our system is that you can check with reply effect and without reply effect. With reply effect are those reviews that have been replied to and on average, what is the rating change? And you can see what happens with no reply effect for those reviews who have been ignored. You can check what happens to your reviews, to reviews of your competitors, and you'll notice that usually they go even lower. So users who haven't been helped, they either you know leave your app forever, or if they don't for some reason, because for example, they have they use this bank account, right? So, so they need the app, but they suffer. So next time they come and they put even lower rating, and usually no reply effect is like minus something. So it's not like you're in a state zero where you can just, you know, I don't reply to them and they're just keeping with me. No, it gets worse. It affects your average rating negatively and uh, lower av average rating means lower customer, uh, you know, higher customer acquisition costs. So basically you're losing money there. Another thing, uh, which is like, besides reply effect, which I find like the most important thing, like the major thing you should definitely look at is average reply time. So what we notice is that it affects rating change. The quicker you're helped, the more user is in line, he remembers about you, he appreciates quicker reply, and the high chances that uh, the review will be updated first and updated in a positive way. So, and this is another reason why I like automation so much because every reply time for that is like minutes. And right. whereas it can take, uh, you know, your customer support manager if the load is high, a, day, a few days, right? So average reply time is important and it's like, I think everywhere across all types of customer support teams, both mobile, web, anything, right? Another thing is like pretty easy metrics to track, but again, I think this is important. It is reply rate. So basically what volume you cover, or if you can put it this way, what amount of users are you helping? And are you, what is your featured reply rate for featured reviews? What is updated reply rate for updated reviews for your core audience? And generally how much uh, reviews do you manage to cover? And uh, this talks about reply rate. And if you have efforts and if you have resources to reduce a tagging system to check the trends, so then tag rate is also important for all of those uh, segments. So by analyzing these three things like reply effect, average reply time, and reply rate, you basically can see what works for you or what doesn't and compare what worked like in previous quarter. Is it the same? Are you doing better? Are you doing worse? And this gives you a huge amount of insights about your support team, how to track your progress. Do you need more resources? Do you need more automation? What's happening? So this is like very simple metrics, but 
they give you a lot of things to talk about, think about. And the case I would like to bring here is get taxi. So yeah, I think probably like there's so many countries that they, they're there. So like any country, probably familiar, probably run it, uh, you know, get taxi this month, maybe, I don't know. So this is also another customer of ours. So they moved to platform and uh, to app follow and they started like analyzing, building their strategy. And they increased their reply rate to 96%, which is a great result. Uh, thanks to using templates, grouping, automating flows, and just making this easier, uh, more focused. And as a result, they increased their rating to 4.81. And you know how tight tax business is, and uh, how much it is about great customer service on every level. And this is a great you know, sign of if you reply to all of them, you help your users, you work with your issues, and you're analyzing your customer support strategy, you can have great results. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think some of the points that you have just brought up, you know, in terms of the reply effect and the average reply time, and obviously analyzing all of this to see how it works for you is is pretty much on point in terms of how a person can, you know, go ahead and set some goals for himself or herself and the larger team to just understand how the review management strategy is performing. Um, so brilliant, brilliant insights there, Vera. Um, which brings us to the next question, which is, you know, what is the role of review management in unlocking and scaling app growth? Right. So um, like you gave an example of a taxi, uh, taxi app, like we just get taxi, right? Uh, cab hailing sort of, a, a, you know, ecosystem. So um, it, not just for cab hailing, even for micro mobility or pretty much any other, um, any other different vertical, it's, it's very important to have a strategy in place, which accommodates for future growth or future, you know, uh, scaling of the app. So how do you ensure that a review management system, you know, actually kind of contributes to that? And, uh, and, and, and the kind of, you know, uh, makes avenue to, to make sure that even when this app grows or scales, it can keep up with that pace. Great. Well, I'd say that uh, with growth, growth is very interesting area of product management or business management, right? Because on the one hand, you really want to grow, to grow. And like you, uh, at stage one, you're very much focused to grow and like to find how can I, you know, do this growth? What what do I do for my app to grow, to scale, right? But the moment you find that hack, you find that product market fit, or you're ready to scale your product market fit, is another question is like, how can I harness the growth? Because right. if you don't manage the growth, it just grows hugely by itself. It's like another huge problem. Like talking about uh, 2020 and COVID-19, so we have an example which showed me a lot. So one of the apps, it was doing like food delivery and it's a very steady business, international, very nice. But at some point uh, with COVID-19, everything on lockdown. So the volume of their you know, tickets, the request to the app, it increased like over like overnight, right? Multiplied like 20 times, right? And obviously yeah. they were not ready because like none of us was actually ready, you know, for all this quarantine and lockdowns, like for anything, it's like crazy. And they had a huge volume of tickets uh, of those negative reviews because they're like, obviously they're not ready. They don't have enough delivery managers, like cuisine, whatever, right? And it was like the growth that you have to harness, right? So, and they, uh, they used automation that helped them. And like, obviously their rating was going like low and low, but at some point they're like, okay, we need to do this. We automate certain flows, we find better templates, 
we are more, you know, persistent and consistent what we're doing. And this is how you work with, you know, with your customers as well, because what you need to understand is that if you're grow, growing, growing like crazy, then, uh, and you have a mobile market and especially mobile first app, so mobile first business, then uh, reviews as your first line of support. And it's good that it's asyn asynchronous, right? So it's uh, a little bit, there's a gap in the time between the person leaving a review and you can reply it to it. So it kind of eases the things out a little bit, but it's still the first line of support and you need to be ready for it, right? Another thing, so this is like when you're already scaling like crazy, but even if you're looking for this, uh, you know, product market feed of points of scale, scaling your business, well, uh, it's impossible without understanding your users properly, right? So this is like the first piece of advice any product manager would do with the customer development, understand what the issues they have, like what their struggles, what their wins, what they think about their competitors, why they're using their competitors, what they like about it. And, you know, mobile world is a little bit twisted in this way because uh, this is the world where users and developers are very much detached uh, and it's very hard to, you know, to get to those users. So it's very anonymous. And even those reviews are sort of anonymous. You, don't, you wouldn't know who this person who left a review is in the system. Uh, it's very, very, very detached type of thing. It's done on purpose to avoid manipulation. And this is how, you know, data is preserved by the, you know, Google Play and App Store. But on the other hand, it doesn't make our job easier there are very few grounds where, you know, developers and users can easily communicate besides this uh, small window. She definitely should cherish it and study it and reply to it to get more and maybe, you know, try to invite people to the user interview or for those who probably left you a very long review of how they're doing. Or basically, this is a very great source of insights you can't ignore for your group, right? And even like, you know, it's a, App rating and review rating, which is a separate metric, right? Just for those how all core what your core audience thinks. So this is a very great indicator for every product launch, for every product update, uh, for every experiment you have, because you do you do it and then people react to it and tell you what they think in terms of just star rating or star rating and text. Right? So basically it's like a North Star indicator of whether customers are happy with you, are happy with your update, are happy with your launch. It's like a mobile NPS if you want. So basically by replying to reviews and managing reviews, you get insights, you help your users and you shape your branding and show how, you know, show people behind the app, right? So these are some things that actually, you, you actually need to boost growth, to manage growth and to alter your app strategy. Awesome. Awesome. I think um, that pretty much sums it up um, pretty much all of the discussion that we have had, you know, in terms of uh, starting from how does review management impact your customer acquisition costs and your lifetime value all the way to um, its role in terms of contributing to the bottom line and contributing to the profit margins all the way to how do you evaluate the efficiency and finally, what is the role uh, in unlocking your scaling app growth? And as you mentioned, you know, it, it, it can um, act as a North Star indicator for any business across different verticals and uh, geography so that makes perfect sense and kind of is, is a very nice point to wrap up the entire session around um, so Vera before we wrap up the session there uh, there is a small part which is like 
a small ritual that we do on our growth maestros podcast here at mo engage which is to ask a couple of questions which uh, which you know will help the listener understand more about your background and as well as you know provide some morsels of inspiration or uh, uh, some moments of relatability and something that they can take away with them so basically a couple of questions you know in terms of very rapid fire or quick fire questions so feel free to share whatever is uh, there on the top of your mind um so ready when you are right yeah let's do this okay awesome so the first thing is going to be you know um so all all of these people like all of all of the all of the marketers and the product owners who are listening into this podcast today you know um, would look forward to some resources or look forward to certain um, authoritative uh, publications where they can you know go ahead and learn some of these things so um, do you have like a go to platform it can be a blog a newsletter or a podcast that you listen to you know to keep yourself updated with everything that's happening in the and not just in aso but uh, you know um, product marketing or product management as a whole um, do you have like some sources that you go to on a daily basis or on a weekly basis well so since at this point i'm more uh, not uh, well i work not in mobile but we're building a platform for mobile so the resources i go to are more about system as a service so i'll definitely recommend saaster but for more you know generic information as a group forge is a great you know platform courses and information they provide and anything they provide it's a such great level for any product manager and in terms of mobile i think uh things i find most useful is not resources but it's a community so what you because you know mobile apps generally they are like a little bit smaller on on average rate right, than you know a huge saas business so there are more experiments there or this this is what i found during my career so my recommendation there is not like focus on resources itself but focus on the community so find the mobile community within where where you are right in your country or in your speaking language and this is where you can you know fire some questions get some insights so maybe being based in lensk so there are a lot of telegram communities and this is where the best insights come from because people like sharing we did this experiment it led us to this and what we think about these changes in you know ios platform or what we think about that so it's very much more communicative because mobile market is not like a one market we tend to talk about it this way because right. it's easier but if you dip deeper like gaming is so much different than utilities and there's so many different layers and it very heavy relies on your monetization on your strategy on when whether this is uh, an app for profits what what with this adventure business so there's so many factors there so you generally want to find like minded people and i think discussing is what brings me most insights even now working in b2b section but even like when a mobile uh, or what came about it was a must so this is like what i enjoyed most and what gave me most joys insights and ideas for my product awesome awesome uh, so the next question kind of is my favorite which happens to be okay. you know, if you were to picture or if you were to imagine um, say uh something as as powerful as aso if you were to imagine aso as a superpower or superhero um who would that be oh from existing superheroes oh yeah. like what okay well well let me think well what i see aso generally like I, i'm still thinking about what the actual hero it is but 
what I feel like their superpower is, is that, you know, knowing what uses. So probably this like a superpower of reading minds, I guess, because yeah. when you're preparing everything for us, so you need like to think what people would be looking for so that when they see the app, they're like, yes, this is what I want. So I think like mind reading is probably the skill for that superhero. I'm not sure which of those superheroes yeah. in like Marvel or DC has that, but yeah, so I think this definitely some kind of mental, mental type of superhero. Right, right. So maybe someone like Professor X from X-Men. Oh, maybe, yes, maybe that, definitely. Yeah, this is a good catch because they had the, his, the system of connecting things together as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, I feel like maybe that, yes. Awesome, awesome. Uh, cool. Uh, so the last question here is, you know, if, if uh, whenever we go back to normalcy, whenever uh, pretty much everyone is vaccinated and we hope that is sooner than later, um, you know, what is the one place of your bucket list that you would like to get ticked off? Well, I don't know. Well, generally, like, right, I'm, I'm already vaccinated, so I'm, like, feel much more, you know, and, like, everyone, if you have a chance, go, vac go get a vaccine. This is important for all of us. Yeah, yeah, probably would go somewhere South Asia because this is what I was going to before I had a lockdown and I have, lived, like, gestalt type of thing. So maybe, like, uh, Bangkok, I li like it a lot because I was going to and I had my tickets cancelled. And I'm really missing, uh, you know, summer festivals. Um, this is, like, my my pure joy and I, I, I was going to Madrid, you know, that's up 2020, like it was amazing festival in Madrid, so in Spain. So I was going, I would love to be there sooner or later, right? So you guys go get a vaccine so we can go all to the summer festivals again as soon right. as possible, maybe even this summer, I'm not sure, but still like hoping for that. Awesome, awesome. I really do hope that uh, you get to go on your uh, on, on your vacations soon and hopefully things will get back to normalcy pretty soon. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us today, Vera. I had a really great time, you know, talking to you and understanding some of the insights and uh, some of the numbers and case studies that you have presented today, I'm sure will be helpful to all of our listeners. Um, so, um, you know, it. I'm, I'm sure all of them must have picked up some of the great takeaways that you just mentioned alongside your valuable insights. Uh, before we we wrap up a quick announcement we are going to host these collaborative episodes with our friends at app follow once a month so stay tuned and let us know what topic you would like us to cover um and and uh, again thank you so much vera for taking your time out and joining i i hope it was as interesting for you as it was for me yeah it was a pure pleasure thank you so much awesome uh thanks everyone thanks for listeners till then it's a goodbye from us stay safe and uh, see you on the next episode thank you thank you bye